You are now listening to an awesome sermon from the St. Louis Dream Center. Grab a pen and some paper. You're in for a treat. You know, as we are in this season, as this is Easter Sunday and just so happens that the Passover is happening as Easter is taking place, I want you at the end of today's message to have the elements in your hand and and Uh, I feel like this is an appropriate time for us to take communion, but I want to do it at the end of the message, so I want to give you a chance. And you can use anything. You can use water. You can use juice. uh, Use bread for the bread. Whatever you use is symbolic of what he did by dying and raising, being raised on the third day for us. And the power of Passover that he says, man, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. And and what a powerful statement in the season that we're in, that we're in somewhat of a Passover, where some of us are locked up in our houses, not able to go out and go do the things that we're normally able to do. And so we're sequestered in our homes. But if you know the story in Exodus, you understand that Passover preceded the promise that they went through the Passover, and it was scary. The screaming, the yelling, all of the things that were going on, but Passover had to precede the promise. So I don't know about you, but right in the middle of what we're walking through, I am encouraged that God is about to do something that's going to blow this world's mind and draw people to himself. So Get your elements, even as I'm talking, go get your elements and then come back and we're going to dive into the message today. I believe that God has a word today that is not only going to encourage you, but it's going to empower you to stand and be who he's calling you to be in these days. Listen, this ain't, this is not the time to be a spiritual punk. This is time for us to rise up. Forgive me for my North St. Louis vernacular, but it's time for us to be spiritual gangsters. You know, back in the day when hip-hop was first, gospel hip-hop had first gotten started, there was a group called Gospel Gangsters. And man, you know, I mean, the music was a little, you know, something, but it was my first introduction to gospel hip-hop. Well, guess what? We need to start being gospel gangsters, and that means we're not afraid, we're not scared. We're going to proclaim the name of Jesus to the high hills because he is worthy. He's worthy. So I want us to get ready to dive into the Word of God as it is found in Matthew 26. Beginning at verse 38 through 42, I'm reading out of the NIV version. That kind of stuck with me a little bit. Gospel gangsters. You might see that somewhere else. But in this portion of scripture, this is Jesus at the Garden of Gethsemane, a familiar text, but God has an unfamiliar twist that he wants to share with us today. The word reads, then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He's talking to the disciples. Hey, hang here, watch with me while I pray. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. And he said, Couldn't you men keep watch with me just for one hour? He asked Peter, 
watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Then he says, he went away a second time and prayed. My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. The Bible says he prayed that prayer one more time. Not my will, but your will be done. And then I want to take you to a portion of scripture in 1 John chapter 2, 15 through 17. This is out of the Passion Version. This is John writing. Don't set your affections or set the affections of your heart on this world or in loving the things of the world. The love of the Father and the love of the world are incompatible. For all the world can offer us the gratification of our flesh, the allurement of the things of the world, and the obsession with status importance. And none of these things come from the Father but from the world. This world and its desires are in the process of passing away. But those who love to do the will of God shall live forever. The title of today's message is When Jesus Quit. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your presence in this room. We thank you for your presence right there where everybody's at. We thank you, God, that you are filling every room with your word and your presence. That it is as tangibly there as it is here. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. Give me the articulation of speech to speak your word as you spoke it to me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Again, happy Easter. You can be seated on your couch or in your chair. And man, I begin to think about this thought when Jesus quit. And it took me back to about 20-something years ago. I was sitting in my living room window, staring out as the repo man or repossession company was linking my van up to take it. The feeling that I had in that moment was powerlessness because as I went out to talk to the gentleman, he's like, no, you haven't made the payments. You can't keep the van. I'm taking it. And I remember just a few months later, I would end up filing bankruptcy and and I remember the feeling that I had walking through that season. It was a season of suffering for me. That, and every turn, whether it's my job or my money or, or like all of these different things were going wrong at one time. It's like the thought of Murphy's Law. If one thing can go wrong, everything else. If one thing is right, everything else won't be right. And when I think about that moment, I think about the fact that, man, I was a Christian. I believed the Bible. I loved God, but I wasn't living right. And it's interesting that when I think about that moment of suffering, I begin to learn two lessons during that season of my life. Lesson number one, hold on to everything that you have in this world lightly because it can be taken away. And lesson number two, God can replace everything that you lose and give it back to you in a greater degree when you trust them. See, I know for some of you right now on this Easter Sunday, you're suffering. Some of you are sick in your body. Some of you uh, 
have, you know, thank God that there are things in place to keep us from losing certain items during this season. But some of you lost your job. And you don't know how you're going to make it. And you don't know how you're going to come out. You are in a season of suffering. And listen, it doesn't matter. Like, here's the thing about suffering. It doesn't matter why you're suffering. Suffering is suffering. Struggling is struggling. And I thought about, like, suffering touches every single one of us at some point in time. I know, Mr. and Mrs. Faith, that you think that because you're a believer that you're never going to suffer. But I think you need to talk to Jesus because Jesus had something to say about that. He says in John 16 and 33, listen, I told you these things so that you can be encouraged. In this world, you shall have sufferings, tribulations, and trials. Well, be of good cheer, I've overcome it. So what Jesus was telling us at that moment is just because you know me doesn't mean you won't ever go through anything. That you are going to go through some things, but you're not going to have to go through things the way the world has gone through things. That because you're with me, Those things may happen, but they're not going to take you over. And when I think about all of this, it's this thought when suffering chooses you. Because I don't like to suffer. And I imagine that you, like me, don't like to suffer either. But there are seasons when suffering chooses you. And there are many different reasons how suffering comes into our lives. One of the reasons is, guess what? We're in a sinful world. And as long as we're in a sinful world, there are going to be things that can happen to us because we're in a uh, a sinful world. Now listen, God's protection is there. God's hand is upon us and he guides us. But there are moments in this world where we're going to walk through something. And you have to understand that there is going to be a moment where you lose a loved one. There will be a moment where you lose a job. There will be a moment where you have troubles in your marriage. But understand that those things may happen, but they don't have to overcome you. The second thing is sin in us. We make decisions. You know, God gave us the power of choice. We make decisions, and our sins have consequences, and those consequences bring suffering into our lives. But then there's a third category, and the third category is more difficult for us to navigate, that sometimes we suffer because of the sins of other people. Think about the drunk driver. He got drunk. He's the one that messed up. But you were in the accident because he was drunk. Think about the person who decides that they want to look at their text messages while they're driving. You didn't do it. But the accident happened to you. And I want to encourage you with this thought. I know right now you're like, Pastor Tony, where is the encouragement? It's coming. That everything that comes across my path, everything that comes across my life, because my life is in the hands of a God who loves me and keeps me, he had to allow it to take place. That it doesn't get to happen on its own. Our God is so great that even when I sin, That he has the ability to allow grace to step in to keep consequences from taking over my life. But there are going to be moments where we walk through difficulties and we walk through challenges. And when those moments come, we get to see where we really are. Many of us live like this. I got one foot in the world, 
one foot in heaven. And it's not the normal thought, but it's literally the thought you're straddling the fence. You're really not engaged in God. You're more engaged in your career. You're more engaged in building a great name, making a lot of money. And there has to come a time for all of us when we have to make a decision that I'm going to quit the world and go after God. That although I'm in this world, I'm not of this world. And although my God gives me great things, I'm not going to allow those things to have me. And when suffering comes into our life, challenges come into our life, we really get to see who's numero uno, head honcho, number one. And when I walk through this scripture, I think about this thought of Jesus that he had a cross, and so do we. That I know you think nothing bad is supposed to happen to Christians. Well, let me ask you, if Jesus was God personified, 100% man and 100% God, and yet he had to, he experienced abandonment. He experienced being lied on. He experienced challenges and trials. If we are supposed to be like him, then doesn't that mean we're going to experience what our Savior experienced? And there comes a moment where we have to decide who we really with. You know, Bernie Mac made the Lord rest his soul. He would ask, who you with? One of my favorite phrases. But I look at that and I ask you today, who you with? Because in this world that is falling apart around us and in the system that isn't working, and in it, right now our systems don't have the ability to handle what we're going through. You have to understand that if you're only focused on this world, you're going to be lost and you're going to be scared and you're going to be terrified. But I came to tell you that if you believe in Jesus, you are not a part of this world. You're in it, but you're not of it. And while the world is losing their minds, you can be steady. See, I believe in a diversified portfolio. If you're in the stocks, you understand that wise stockbrokers diversify where their money goes. They don't put all their money in one stock. They move it around. And they move it around because if one stock underperforms, they move it into a new stock that brings a higher yield. And what we've done is we, for some of us, have put all of our stock in the world. And the stock in the world is falling. But I'll tell you this, the kingdom of God is a stock that never falls, that never fades, that never drops. But for some of us, we put all of our stock, all of our heart, all of our attention, all of our focus on the world, and now your world is falling apart. How do I know that your world is falling apart? I don't need to know. I see you. I see your post. I see what's happening. And I know for all of us, the temptation is in this season to cash out in some shape, form, or fashion. What I love about Jesus is this. Jesus at the cross cast in his stock in the world and said, I'm fully in in heaven. 
And he didn't start that at the cross. He lived that every day. And so when we come to this portion of Scripture in Matthew 26, we see that Jesus is caught in this tug of war spiritually. I know, you're like, no, Jesus couldn't have been caught in the tug of war. He's Jesus. No, remember what I said. He is 100% man and 100% God. So the Bible teaches us that the same temptations and challenges that we feel, he felt himself, but he overcame it. But here he is in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's faced with two choices. Do I stay here? It's been a good three and a half years. I've seen people healed, set free, delivered. I've seen people saved. I've made some friends. I got the disciples right by my side. I got something to lose now. And not only that, but you're asking me to sign up to go to that thing over there, the cross, where I know there's going to be pain and there's going to be difficulty and there's going to be suffering. And he is in a tug of war. See, the same tug of war that we live every day, he was living at the cross. And as he's in the garden that we can send to me, he's like, Lord, wait, wait, wait. Because he knows that the army is about to come take him away. And Jesus is like, whoa, 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 wait, wait. I know we've talked about this. I know you prepared me for this. I know I get it, but it's here now. Is there any other way? There's got to be another way to do this. But he says, yet not my will, but your will be done. And you would think it's Jesus. He should be good by then. Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords, yet fully human. And he goes away because he's not good yet, because he's in a wrestling match. And he goes back a second time, and he's like, wait, 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 wait. I'm, I'm trying to line up with you, but this is not easy. Is there another way to do this? He says, yet, not my will, but your will be done. And we get a picture into how our lives are. You're struggling with the thought of, do I give God everything that I have, even though I know it may cost me something? Or do I hold on to what I have in my hand? Do I give God everything, my heart, my trust, and everything? Or do I continue to live a life that isn't us, that isn't showing that I'm really all in for God? You're thinking about what you're giving up. Do you realize that Jesus was thinking about what he was giving up? And you're thinking about what you're giving up to go after God all in. You're thinking about what you're giving up to cash in with God. And Jesus, the Bible says, for the joy that was set before him, he cast in on the earth and endured the cross. He quit the earth and sold out to heaven. Why? Because he recognized what he was holding in his hand was not greater than what God had in store for him. That it may mean some suffering, it may mean some difficulty, it may mean some nights where I'm crying and I'm by myself, but I want to be like Job and say, yet, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. 
That even though I've got to go through dark nights and difficult moments, I'd rather go in the dark with Jesus than be in the light by myself. And Jesus came the third time. He's like, Lord, if there's any other way. But he said, not my will, but your will be done. And in that moment, it was that moment that Jesus made the decision. I quit. I quit trying to figure it out myself. I I quit trying to walk it out my own way. I quit trying to do things that I feel would get me there. I quit trying to put my name out there to be promoted. I quit trying to make my way in the world. I quit. I quit the rat race. I quit running after things. I quit. I quit. I quit. God, I want what you have for me. I quit. I want you, Jesus. I know that means I'll be ridiculed. I know that means I may have to go through some things. I may even have to suffer through some things because I'm trying to overcome certain sins. But I would rather be with you, Jesus, than be over here. And it was at that moment that Jesus quit. He quit the earth and sold out to heaven. And today I got a question for you. How long are you going to hold on? How long are you going to hold on to the things of this world that are falling apart? The systems that aren't working. The things that can't handle. Listen, you realize if the world had the ability to stop the coronavirus, it had been stopped months ago. So it lets us know this world doesn't have as much power as it thinks. It's a scramble going on to find the cure when Jesus is the cure. And the world is coming together and doing all of these things because they want to hold on to what they have. That I don't want to give this thing over to God because if I give this thing over to God, I'm going to lose what I have. I'm going to lose my power. I'm going to lose my status. I'm going to lose my name. And because they continue to hold on to their way, they can't get what God has. But I thank God that I made a decision and there are a bunch of us that made decisions years ago that God... I am after you that I don't care about my way anymore. I want your way. I want your will. I want your plan. I want your desire. God, I quit the world to run headlong after you. Today, I want to help you draft your letter of resignation. Today is the day you quit. You quit looking to the world's systems. You quit looking to the world's things. And you look squarely at the face of Jesus. And you say, I don't care what it costs me. I want you, Jesus. That I quit running after fame. I quit running after a name. I quit running after money. I quit running after people. I quit running after places. I quit running after things. I quit running after houses. I quit running after cars. I'm running after you, Jesus. I quit. Come on, turn it in. Don't even give the devil a two-week notice.
tell them, I quit right now. Right, Sharon? I quit. You walk into the devil's office, you know, right there where you are. You can talk to him, and you tell him, as of this day, me and my house, we going to serve the Lord. As of this day, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection through the fellowship of his sufferings, I give my life to you. That on this day, I take up my cross daily and I die to myself. This day, I am crucified with Christ and yet I live. Not I, but Christ who lives within me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. This day, I let go of the world, I let go of the, my way, and I embrace your plan. Today, Corona doesn't have anything on Jehovah. So, I don't know about you, but I drafted my letter of resignation 20 years ago. And when I quit, they offered me incentives, bonus packages. They offered me a free vehicle, a house, a name, and money. And I said, it's not worth my seat. See, I quit running after stuff so I could keep my seat. What's my seat? The Bible says I'm seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I have a seat. I gave up running after things so that I could keep my place. What's my place? I am an heir to God's kingdom. What my daddy owns is mine. So I'm no longer running after things that don't amount to him. I quit just like Jesus the world Hope you enjoyed that message. If you live in the St. Louis area or ever plan to visit, we'd love for you to join us at one of our services at 4324 Margareta at either our 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. service. Be blessed. We hope to worship with you soon.